Film Rage presents Verbal Masturbation with Bryson Jim. producer and musician Daniel Foreman. The man does it all! Welcome Daniel and thank you for coming all the way from Edmonton to join us uh, on Film Rage and we hope that you're comfortable and you know you're have a good time. We're here to make you laugh and just ask you some tough questions that you may not be able to answer. <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah thanks. Uh, so we, we play a game when we do interviews with directors. It's it's a little bit of a icebreaker, as Bryce was mentioning a little earlier. So I'm gonna ask you a question that is an or. It's one thing or the other. And all you have to do is choose which one you choose over the other one. Okay. Alright? So, the rush or the oilers? I'm not sure who the rush is. That's the lacrosse team. <laughs> it would so, be the Oilers. Uh, there you go. So you could have just said the Oilers. Like, I don't know who the guys are. Like, we're, just we're choosing the Oilers. Okay, good. So you haven't gone and seen any of the cross games, so catch it. Uh, no. Okay. No, I have not. Now I may know the answer to this one already because I did do a little bit of reading about okay. But Cookie Monster or Oscar? Uh, it would be uh, Cookie Monster. There you go. I, I was in uh, New York helping with um, Sesame Street a little bit. so. I, I didn't know that. That's why I am. Nice. He doesn't look cookie. <laughs> okay. I also have a feeling you've done a bit of animation too, so I'm going to ask you South Park or Futurama? I would be South Park. Okay. Nice. See, we're good. We're going to have so much fun tonight. <laughs> uh, Greenland or Iceland? Ooh. I, I would have to say Iceland. For okay. Me. He likes the vodka, just like me. Okay. Brandon Cronenberg or Cody Callahan? Now, for those listening, if you don't know, Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg, directed antiviral and also the film possessor of last year cody callahan did vicious fun and the oak room and also antisocial i would have to say cronenberg that is i will sit through this the correct answer but they're it both, is they're both they're, they're both, both correct, correct. <laughs> brandon cronenberg might be a little more correct we're we're, we're a little Just a little scene. little bit of fanboy over the cronenberg family <laughs> So, I was actually uh, about 40 feet away from Cronenberg and... Uh, Papa Cronenberg or baby Cronenberg? Papa Cronenberg. Nice. Did in you can, touch his Did you touch can. his cloak? No, I, w- I wasn't close enough, but it was very close. Nice. Did he look your way? Yeah. Did you give him one of these? <laughs> give him the wink and say, hey, you and me. Nice. Being in Cannes was, uh, it was amazing. Oh, like it was like amazing, amazing, amazing. I, I don't know if I'm gonna ever be able to replicate that ever in your life. No, it was well, you it just, was one of those things. I honestly, you'll go back, I, man. And I'm like, no bullshit. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to do that again. You'll go back. I will, but You're young. to be that, to be there, like with him in 20 feet with Vigo and everybody else. Yeah, that's one of those things. That's it's it's a it's one of the, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Nice. Yeah, did you get some pictures? Well, when you're that far away... <laughs> <laughs> and no, your camera only looks a lot long, long, It does, it does. And, and you, you can, like, go over top. Yeah. But you're not, you're not there. Like it's, it's like that little speck over there. There, that yeah. Cronenberg. yeah. He's like, this damn phone does not <laughs> zoom far enough. It's got, like, a five-time zoom. That's it. it but it was it was amazing. So we uh, we were lucky enough to get a chance to watch your film Thank ahead you so of time, much. and the film covers a lot of challenges that the First Nations and Métis people have faced and is still facing 
Uh, how important is it to you to tell the Métis and First Nations stories? Well, that's a, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working on the, the script for about 10 years, so that'll give you a little bit of an answer on it. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, there's there's been... Where I grabbed this story from is because there's been a killer that's been hunting at-risk women for probably about 30, 40 years. And that's where I grabbed that, this story from. It's hard. I don't know. It's, that, that's the biggest thing. I guess it's a very, it's a very hard story to do. It, it's a passion it, project. It what is I'm a hearing. passion project, and the police don't really give a shit. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And the RCMP. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell a secret here. You guys ready? This may be not a secret, but let's hear it. Uh. It's, they're pretty sure it's a police officer. Are you kidding some, me? Oh. There's somebody that's, yeah. Because they understand that when you kill somebody, like when you don't get evidence for three or four years, they know what they're doing. The, the, and this problem isn't one that is isolated. You know, this is now. Well, I, I don't know that. I just know, I just know in Edmonton yeah. and Alberta that there's been uh, certain people that have been taking advantage of the situation. Yes, yes. That that's my perspective. I, I cannot speak for everything else. Yeah. I'm just saying that that from my perspective. Yeah. I mean, across Canada, it's it's happening to Indigenous people all across Canada. Yes. But in Alberta, like I, I can just talk about the my, story my, my yeah my perspective and and my understanding of the situation. So are you gonna continue on with with telling more Indigenous stories? This is your first feature. Yeah, well, I've been I've been making Indigenous stories for quite some time. Yep. Oh, um, and yeah, we've we a lot of shorts, a lot of shorts. Yeah. Yeah. But making a feature is is when you you, you jump into the big people's game. It's like. I tell a friend of mine, is like, you got to put the big person's pants on. All of a sudden, you're you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars rather than doing ten thousand yeah, dollars. So, so on that note, you know, this is your first feature. What challenges did you have going from shorts to, to your first feature? Well, mainly the amount of money. Money, yeah. Mainly the amount of money, and uh, there's a lot of politics involved. And not everybody wants to know these these kind of stories. We do. We want we want our listeners to know these stories. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I'm am just saying that there's there's a fair amount of politics that go into go into this kind of thing. Are you meaning like politics about the content or politics about actually making that feature film? Politics about making the feature film. Okay. And funding was the biggest driver, you think, for that? Like you had the support in other ways, but the the funding was the biggest barrier, you would say? Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. Um, I would say that there is a lot of barriers to making a feature film. Just in general in general regardless if you're indigenous or regardless if you're whoever uh to, to make a feature film like you really have to want it and, and this is important and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this right now is that we were the second feature film or whatever you want to call it in uh, in 20 it was 2019 2020 um because of covid there wasn't anything happening mm -hmm. and everybody was looking at us and they were curious to see if we were going to get COVID and everything was going to go to hell or whatever and we didn't we, we were able to, to make a movie and that was we won we, we, we kind of won that way that's great yeah it was it was that was a big struggle and who, who, who do you was your biggest supporter through that Oh, 
I was an actor, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I was probably my production partner, Shirley Malang. Okay. You know what? It's having the, that person in your back corner, that important, that one person can sometimes make a huge difference, right? To help to give you that drive. Was, there was no vaccine when we started off. Like there was nothing, and we we, we still did it. And and was it? Did you keep a tight group in the filming yeah. through the whole time, right. and sort of right. I did the whole self isolation together as a team, and basically moved the project forward together as one team? That's pretty close to what it was. I mean, uh, the the photographer that we worked with, um, we'd worked with on this feature for about a year and he understood what we were going to do so he was able to grab his team and we grabbed the sound people we grabbed the photography people and we grabbed the actors but there was there honest god there was like there was no vaccines like there was nothing so it's just like trying to figure it out as you go oh yeah and if and if someone had caught if someone would have caught it we'd have been dead yeah. Like dead in the water. Oh, kudos, man. Like that's it's a huge win. Like it that's was, a huge it win. It was. And I'm proud I'm proud of that. But it was it was hard. Like that's it, it drained I tell people sometimes like this, like it took part of my soul and like part of my life. Yeah. To make that movie. <laughs> well, and then you gotta be pretty proud of what you did, right? So Yeah. Yeah, it's good. good. It's good, it's good message. Good. Um obviously a, the director and writer. But also, you're a musician. I understand. I am, I am indeed. Uh, now, in uh, when you look at IMDb, there's nothing in there that says really who wrote the music in the film. Was that written by you, or or no? No. 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 Okay. No, we grabbed some people, uh, Grammy Award winners, and uh, well, the Grammy Award winners were the that was our biggest kill on that one. So is it friends that you kind of grabbed, or was it just people? You? People like the they like the movie, and they gravitated towards it. And and they you were able to attract it based on the message and what you were doing. Yeah, and they watched it and they they got it. Very fortunate. That's awesome. Yeah, the music stands out in Thank the you. film. Thank you for yeah. Because not everybody gets. Oh, uh, we. We get everything, actually. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably one of our biggest weaknesses. We get too much. <laughs> so, yeah. So, a lot of Abducted takes place in nature um, with many scenes at night. Uh, what's your secret to making these scenes look as good as they did? Because we've seen a lot of movies yep. that can't get that type of environment right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All films, yeah, probably the best night shots of any film we've seen in the last three years. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, there's there's a couple. There's two things. Uh, there is a, the camera that we use with the Sony FX9, which has a huge sensor, and the LED lighting. Um, I was super scared to shoot at night. And rightly so. <laughs> but because right? most of the time, it, like it's dark, it looks like shit. It looks yeah, terrible. It looks exactly. terrible. And you didn't do that. <laughs> that is not this film. Yeah. Um, so we, 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 we took a lot of time, and we used to use HMIs, I don't know if you guys know what HMIs are. HMIs were these big, huge lights that you would stick on top of this big pool, right? and it was this enormous bright light that would come down. It just flood everything. Yeah. <laughs> but what the way technology has happened is that you don't have to do that anymore. You can grab these HMIs. LED lights that yeah. have the same kind of power, but they're much more compact and they don't take very much energy. And then with the the camera that we had, which I've mentioned before, the Sony FX9, um, we were able to capture things that we never should have captured. No, it looked great. Yeah, it Thank it you. was, yeah, it was amazing. You guys did a great job. So the the way that it worked. Uh, we did the out, outside shots on a lake, and then on the inside shots, we did it in, inside of a pool, and we just we were able to mesh them together. Yeah, and the forest shots too were like 
everything. Anything that was at night, it was like... Yeah, we cheated all. We cheated it. Nice. <laughs> well, you know what? That's, that's as, long, good... as long as the audience doesn't know you cheated, you're that's done right. good. Well, I mean, we just told everybody you cheated, but they didn't know that when they were watching it. Yeah. No, it was... I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm, yeah. I'm proud of what we did. So, tell us a little story okay. about the Easter egg in the movie... There's a poster of the short you did, a Raven song. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about. Tell us a little bit <laughs> about. Just sneak that how, in. how did you think? How, did you think? Kate, remember when I told you we know everything? And we, yeah. he's like, you don't think we weren't gonna miss that as we're watching? He's like, did you see that? I'm like, I saw that. I saw that. Tell us a little story about that and what what happened with all that. Okay. Well, in that shot. Um, We had done a short film back in 2014, 2015, which was uh, kind of a, a trailer for this movie. Oh. Which I didn't realize at that point, but we had shot in a church in Edmonton, and I had, I want, I always had this vision of these this girl gang, that they were really like vicious and angry, and they were gonna just gonna kill everybody. And I brought that into this movie, and I wanted, I wanted, I wanted it to be really important that people knew that the, this thing was happening. It's interesting that you found that. I didn't think anybody was gonna catch that. <laughs> you, you, you can go like this anytime. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, listeners, this is what we do. Yeah. We but, find stuff out about people. <laughs> But yeah, actually, that's my TV show. I'm working on a TV show called Daughters of the Wolf right now. And it's about this all-girl gang. And it's, it's, from, that, it's from that show. You, you know, there's those um, sprinklings, right? That if, maybe for some people it's going to be subliminal. But hopefully other people will go, I don't know what that is. I want to know what that is. And they might, you know, when it comes out and people can buy copies of this, right? And they want to, what's that? And they'll pause on it. What's that? You know, because there's geeks that are going to do that. Right? I'm surprised you you guys got that. <laughs> no, I am. Because that, that, that is an Easter egg. That's yeah. just something that, and, and there's pictures of uh, some of my books that I wrote. We didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, we didn't catch the book. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's in the bedroom scene with the, with the mom. Yes. When when she won't look at I know them. the I know where the books are now, but I didn't see the we didn't we couldn't zoom <laughs> <laughs> We were watching it on a big pretty big TV. It was big, but not that big. And we couldn't pause it. I am uh, impressed that you Yeah, well, thanks. Very impressed. We we do our homework. So I know you talked a little bit about obviously barriers and that change in dynamics of going from short to feature. Mm -hmm. Um how how hard was it to get the money for this? Because and and are you are you comfortable talking about what the budget yeah, was? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it was three seventy five. Yep. Uh, I I've been coming from a place about a hundred hundred twenty five thousand an episode. It sounds like a lot, but it's not. Mm. That's it's shit. Yep. Really, it's shit. Yeah. But with this. We, the main reason why this looks as good as it does is because of Stephen McMichael. And he's, he's a major, major, major player in Hollywood. And he liked the, his wife liked the script and she came. She said that you need to do it. She didn't come with us because I wanted her to come with us. <laughs> Leslie McMichael, but she wouldn't do it. But she got her husband to do it. <laughs> hey, as long as one of the McMichaels is showing up, right? Yeah. And he's 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 an awesome. I mean him. He's like he's a zero bullshit guy. And it's just like this is this is what you're gonna do this. Yes. So we're gonna do this right now like this. And I was just like fucking a. And that's the way I work. Like there's zero bullshit. Yeah. Make it happen. And we're gonna do this. Get her done. Yeah, get her done. And so, was it? Does it take long to raise that kind of capital or? Because, you know, the big people always assume that, oh, you know, you do the shoot and that's all your money. 
but that's that's only part of the money because then there's the aftermath right after the shooting and sometimes that's where a lot of films get kind of caught they up die. they die yeah they die in post so yeah i'm very familiar with that. yeah I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure you are i'm sure you are I, I, so i'm like that that is a is not a lot of money to make the, no, that no, film so like a zero to make a good movie is like 375,000 is nothing yeah we were fortunate because because you, you had sounds like you had a pretty strong team that that was just like we're in this together right we're just gonna get it get it done get it done yeah. and and away you go I I bring everybody like family that's the way I like to do things and I like this like I I love like uh, Charlene my production I love her like, like to death and I love Steve and his wife Leslie is they're, they're like family to me so so is that mean you're going to be working with them on your next project? Well, if if we can make it work. It's all money-based. Oh, it's... yeah, of course. Yep. I know. We, we see that a lot. Some of our favorite movies. They've been wanting to do their next project, and they're sitting there waiting on their hands, waiting for the money, right? So. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, tell us about the Edmonton Short Film Festival and how Ooh. you got involved with them. Okay, yeah. uh, so it's our 10th year. Yep. Um, me and Charlene started this thing off in 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. Um, we were very fortunate that there was a lot of people that didn't get into the Edmonton International Film Festival, IFE. Um, so they were looking for local things. And that's where we came in. And we were looking for people that needed something that would be, um, that's a good way to say this. Have, have any of you guys, included, sir, uh, that you, you've made a film and that no one will play it mm-hmm. in your community. You hear that story a lot. Yeah. And that's and that's where we were coming from. So we decided to make this film festival that we would take all these people in Edmonton that weren't getting a chance to be screened. Give them an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Including us. Yeah. It, it was semi selfish. Yes. Yeah, well, we, we weren't hey. getting we weren't getting the opportunity. And we had good films. And I knew there was a lot of other good people getting, having really good films. So that's that's where it started. And all of a sudden, we're getting. I'm dealing with the showrunner from Sam Rockwell's company in New York. And I was like, "Are you sure you want to talk to me?" <laughs> no, I was. No, I, yeah. I dead serious. I was like, yeah. "Are you sure? Like, you should be talking knife." And he's like, "Nope, I want to talk to you." And I was just like, "Well, and." And fucking a. Like I was like, fucking you, man. Like, uh, yeah, you want to like, talk to me. Yeah. You, you should be talking to me. Yeah, but it, and that's that's where it started. Because and that's the kind of vibe that we have. It's just like we're not in, in, inclusive or exclusive or whatever the fuck you want to call it. You know, and it's it's interesting you say that because we just participated uh, last week in the uh, Calgary. Black Film Festival, and it's a little bit of a similar story to the creator of that, which actually started in Montreal, and she was like, I wasn't getting anybody that would program our stuff, so I built a festival, (laughs) (laughs) and and then how successful it is, and how successful, I mean, the Edmonton Shorts Film Festival is so well respected, and you think of that's all you're doing is focusing on those shorts, which is really that stepping stone to features, right? And if people aren't getting that opportunity to go in and be able to get their experience and their their vision out there, then then it then creativity dies at at the grassroots level. So uh, kudos to you for doing that. And and you know um, we know here in Calgary. That, that same we have two very big film festivals and they only have uh, so and, much space and, and SIF, SIF. Yeah. yeah and SIF is actually um, registered as part of Oscar right so the shorts that get into 
to Sith. Same as I. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying for you. You're are you are you in the same status now with that with the shorts festival yeah. in Edmonton? But that's that's kind of the next step for you, right? Once you get that step, and if you get people coming to you now and saying, "I want to talk to you," right? Those are the steps that will get you to the same place. Well, well I'll tell you what our next thing is: is to grab distributors and to grab. Um, well, basically, just service. We, we need. Unfortunately, the IFE doesn't. They're not supporting. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, put your political pants on. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing is we want to have a lot of people that come to the festival that are going to represent independent filmmakers. That's a that's a tough go, and I've seen it from experience. I know Tony's been doing programming. Um, for those listening, you're not hearing Tony, but he's uh, he's doing the the engineering for us here. And Tony, say <laughs> Say hi, buddy. I gotta wait for my mic to unmute. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And and programming is um is not an easy task. And and you when you start getting into bed with those houses sometimes it's like well you know you you can have this film but you got to take these five films you may not want to program so it's that thin line where you have to decide do i want to stay grassroots and get the best grassroots yeah. that's out there or yeah, do no, you want to get I, I hear you brother yeah i hear you yeah so i'm i kind of i'm excited to see what you guys end up doing well this next year like it's our 10th year and Ultimately, like what we're about is elevating Alberta filmmakers. Yep. That's what we're about. Uh, and but there is politics involved with that. Period. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> There's those political big pants you just but, put but on. But I right? want I want every I want everybody to, to do well. Yeah. I, I can say that. You can take that. To the bank, as I want everybody to do well. <laughs> if only you could cash that check. <laughs> so you've worked with live actors and animation. Yes. Uh, are you going to continue to do both mediums, or do you prefer one over the other? Still going to do some animation? I love animation. Yeah. Um, it's very expensive. Even 2D animation is very, very expensive. Uh, we looked at 3D. You're looking at 3D animation. Really good 3D animation is about $100,000 a minute. Yeah. I was not aware. <laughs> <laughs> so budget. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, and I love 2D. I mean, I grew up with uh, Roadrunner and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And you can do that under the under the gun. You can do about 15,000 a minute. But the still fifteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it go, adds up go quick. Go try to make that money. I mean, it's it's hard. Man. Yep. Unless you're doing it by yourself, and you get like your kids to do the art and, and <laughs> <laughs> move the picture. Click. Do it South Park style. Yeah, do it South Park style. <laughs> yeah, I love South Although, Park, but it, that that's that's a different kind of. Yeah, no, now. I know now. It's yes. it's way different. Um. So you had some learning, I would say, at with Fava. I mm-hmm. guess back in the day. Oh, Fava! I've been there since 2005, I think. And um, tell maybe tell some of our our listeners, or tell all our listeners. Why not tell them all? Um, did it? How, tell us a little bit about that program, and if you think the value's there for people to get involved with it. Well, Fava is um, one of the, I think, if not the most fundamental filmmaking places that you can learn in Edmonton. And they combine animation, they combine film, they combine community. Like it, it's, it's, it has made me who I am. Nice. Honestly. Um, when I started off, I started off in film. So I was shooting Super 16. And I had the big strips. Yeah. And I had the, the reel-to-reel, and I had sound reels, and, I had, <laughs> and that's where I fell in love with, with film. 
But then when you go to digital, all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't have to do all this stuff. I can just cheat everything. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to do it digitally. Like way easier to do yeah. it digitally. But when you're learning how to, to cut things and you see these strips of film and you're putting it, you got a sound reel and you got a sound effects reel and you got a picture reel, it makes your brain work. Like and I, I think that we're a lot of people they don't understand that. If yeah. you don't if you don't do it that way yeah. and you don't understand how things fundamentally work. It's, you kind of cheated a little bit. Yeah. As a musician, yes. right? It, yes. You can't really understand digital unless you understand analog. That's true. Right? Yeah, we're all musicians here, so yes, we, we can jam later, maybe. I don't know. You should. <laughs> we should. Who's got a bass? I will, I will, I will, nice. I will rock and roll with her. Nice. I can play drums too. Let's party. Not very well. But I, can, I can do screamo really well too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So you've been doing film since 2007? No. Is that way, right? Way Earlier? Okay, so that's... Probably 95. Apparently my fact-checking is terrible. <laughs> so no, way I'm, before I'm, that... I'm older than everybody. Okay, so you're older than, you're older than everyone here times 10? Doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't... Oh, it means you're, you have the wisdom of experience. Now, we all know in Canada that independent filmmakers have a lifestyle of... Mansions, fancy cars, <laughs> you know, loads oh, of sure. dough. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's so uh, how easy is it <laughs> to make a living in film industry in Canada? Because I don't know one filmmaker, and we know a lot of filmmakers. I don't know one that actually, I know lots that don't even have cars. So it's like, it's like tell us, tell us how easy it is for you to do what you're doing. Or hard. Yeah, or hard. Yeah, more okay. likely hard. Well, let, let me put it in Edmonton because I'm I'm from Edmonton. Um, Calgary, you can. Who here is from Calgary? From Calgary. We all are. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you 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 all can make money in craft. And, and when I say craft, do you understand what I'm saying? Give us more explanation. I, I would say like. A craft services, so you, you might be able to make money being a camera assistant. Mm, there's more, yeah, there's more film in the industry here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The focus, yeah. In Edmonton, it, it's completely independent. So, so everybody's you, in the same boat? No. No, hmm. no. No, no. You can make a living in Calgary being in craft. Yep. Like... In, in that thing but in Edmonton we don't have that it's all indie right we don't have major TV shows we don't have major movies coming in we, we mm. don't have that yeah so what we do in Edmonton is we create our own thing but you have to have a day job yeah. <laughs> yeah to make to make that happen but on the plus side is that you're being very creative yeah and you're doing your own thing you're not working for somebody else right yeah. Whereas in Calgary and Vancouver is especially like this, you you can you can work in in film in Calgary or in Vancouver, yeah. But you're not you're not creating. Yeah. I've met um, a lot of uh, Montreal film directors as they come out and visit us out here too, and I hear um, it's obviously a little different in every city, right? What it is, but I hear a lot of them they work in craft, as you say, and. That's where they make their money, so that's kind of their day job, and then they do their special projects on the side. On the weekends, yeah. That's where you do your yeah. your passion projects. Yeah, yeah. So definitely a distinction between working, creating. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. But you have to you have to you have to pay for your where you're gonna live. Yeah, yes. yeah. You and, gotta eat. You gotta. Yeah, and pay yeah. for your children, like your yeah. kids. I mean, your kids have to eat. And it's, kids it's are hard. expensive. Yes, they are. And, and in Canada, <laughs> so is heating. And apparently, gas, gas, gas like gas, gasoline gas. to get from Edmonton to Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I, and when I was saying earlier about, I spent like everybody's in the same boat in Edmonton that they, they don't have the same benefits that you might have in a different city, right? Everybody's kind of in that same boat. Well, we're, uh, we're, we're in a, a different spot. Um, 
You gotta earn it. No, it's, it's respect. Once you've got it, right? Well, it's hard. Like uh, a good friend of mine, he was in Cannes, uh, Dylan Pierce. He's made twelve feature films. Twelve, and he's under forty. And I'm just like, how the fuck <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> But he does it. But he also he puts his life on the line for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. And I'm not ready to do that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not giving up my house. Like, yeah. yeah. So what's your day job then? I'm a marketer. I do like e-commerce and design and stuff. I, I just tried to um, link you on LinkedIn. I saw your page. I knew what you. So when you when you pick up your phone, that, that you might laugh. see you <laughs> might see me, and, and then I'll get this. I'll get this. What the fuck is this? I got blocked <laughs> again. <laughs> so who are your biggest influences, a writer and a director? Mm. We know you're loving the Cronenberg family, but <laughs> well, I love Cronenberg, but I w- I would have to say Ridley Scott. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, Blade Runner. Blade Runner is Ugh. my favorite movie. It is my favorite movie by of all time. All time. What do you think of Blade, Blade Runner 2? I love it. My friend fell asleep to it when we, we went and seen it. What? Did the, you the, st- the pacing, I am a big, like, I'm the a director. The pacing was perfect. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> well, it you, like you so liked it. You liked I it. I loved it. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love I love, but it, the pacing is... I will. I will tell you guys a secret. As a director, I love secrets. Um, first act is pretty easy to do. Second act is like you're talking fifty pages ish, and it's it's really hard to make it build and build and build and build and build and and, and not put people to sleep. And in the second Blade Runner. Yeah, I was bit. just letting the atmosphere walk over <laughs> me, man. I was, like, I was like, give me more of this. No, it, it's an awesome movie. I love it. Like, I want it. But it's... they it, it kind of fell apart. It's really hard to do a really good second act. Yeah. It's like really, uh, we, really, I would say really we hard. 100% We've had so agree. many conversations about that. Yeah. We, we, we feel that. And actually, not even just the second half. But the the last I'm quarter. I'm talking second act. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Second act. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'm thinking even the last quarter, things can just fall to shit. Yeah. yeah. Some, sometimes right. we thought we were watching a good movie, and then, and then the second act happened, and it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. We call that a rage sandwich on our podcast a little bit. I, okay. I, so Ridley I, Scott. I fell asleep to something. Ridley Scott. Yes. Who else? Who else? Who? I mean, that's your favorite oh, movie. What's, okay. uh, what's your John second Hughes. favorite? John Hughes is okay. enormous. I was looking at all the movies because I own a lot of movies. Yeah. And I don't stream and I don't watch TV. Content. Yes. But John Hughes is... He was... Um, he could write a, a really good script in about two, three weeks. And this isn't fair. Like, yeah. It is not. It's not. <laughs> but, and, and the way he said it is like I could type really fast. But he was able to take direction from the producers and, and whatever, and he could, he would adapt to it. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they, they don't take criticism very well, and they're just like, I'm not going to change this. This is, this is my movie kind of thing, right? Do you think he had a lot of, got to keep his creative control when he was directing? Yeah. Well, you, when you're that good, yeah. like you're that good, there's very few, there's very, very few writers. Like, there's directors that are awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, the guy that did... Uh, What's the movie? Titanic. Oh, Cameron? Cameron. He, he, he gets it. Like, he understands it. And he will shift. He'll spend a a million dollars to do a scene and just go well, this scene didn't work and he's able he, like he's like smart enough and his ego is able to go well, this didn't work so i'm just gonna cut it and i'm gonna do it like in terminator 2 there's a really good scene i don't, I don't know watch the behind the scenes but it's arnold 
And Arnold did this really funny scene where his face was like, yeah, I can't. we're on radio. I can't. <laughs> but he he made fun of himself, and it, it should have been huge, but they cut it because it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the for the scene. It was a million, million. It was a million dollars. Dollar cut. Scene. Yeah. Wow. Friedkin does that too. Where I'm a pretty big fan of. He's one of my favorite fucking directors. Yeah, and, and he, he's he's yeah. he's the epitome of that uh, when he did The Exorcist. <laughs> they said, "Oh yeah, we've done all the score for you," and and he listened to it, and they I don't know how many money, how much money they paid you know for the what, score. You know who that score was from? No. It, it is. Uh... It'll come. <laughs> you guys are making my. my he, he's my a. He's, I know he's a, he was a very famous um, uh, conductor, but yeah, I didn't know. Lilo Schifrin. Lilo Schifrin. Who's one of my... I'm a musician, so... Lilo, Lilo Schifrin. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's where if you've got that much power, right? It's interesting. You cut that. that no, that's a very good call, because most people don't catch that shit. I guess we're just awesome. <laughs> I don't know. We're a little bit humble. Too. Um, so that so that's actually it's come to I Lilo guess our formal. Schifrin. What's that? Lilo Lilo Schifrin. He's Say a, that five a, times fast. Lilo <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a South American uh, guy. He's he's one of he's probably one of my most favorite composers. Nice. Yes. See. See. Uh, so that's the, the wrap-up of our formal questions. Now, obviously, you may have things on your mind that we haven't asked you about that you want to say, like, fuck, they didn't even ask me about this or didn't ask me about that. Well, or... if you want to talk about music, because um, <laughs> my whole journey of, of this guy, it's a blues journey. So I use a lot of blues, blues music, a lot. And then we had... One of the composers had won, he didn't win, sorry, he was three times Emmy nominated, and then we had a Grammy winner for our music. But people don't really listen to about like they don't really think about that. It's just, eh, yeah. Uh, that's huge. Yeah, music can change the whole tone of a film. Like, it can destroy, we've can seen destroy some movies that too. it's destroyed. <laughs> um, who is it? You'll remember, you'll probably remember this. Uh, Gretel and Hansel. You seen that film? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we saw that in cinema, and you remember the guy's name? The, the it's like Chad or something like yeah, that. It's like, like it's like name. it was like one name. The guy's name was. It was just like it was fucking mind blowing in cinemas. It was just like you could not have put anything else but that in the movie. And we um, have you seen Fried Berry? Okay, it's on Shutter. I know you don't stream, but you can buy Fried Berry content. And our buddy uh, Ryan Kruger from South Africa, he directed that, and they had uh, a specific composer for the music. And the same thing with that movie. If you get to see Fried Berry, I think you would like it actually. But um, the music is just—it's part of the film. And actually, when we were watching it, both of us kind of said that about your film, right? It was like, this is, this is adding is like the the pieces like that's so original and it fits so well in that space that it's kind of like it's kind of like who the, who the fuck wrote that and then, and then <laughs> we go on imdb later and it's like thanks buddy <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret another one of your patented secrets <laughs> tell me another tell me something else <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I will tell you. How many secrets can I tell you about? Tell this me song? as many as you got. The music was huge. Um, so what are you most proud about for the film? Like, I know there's the film. Yay, the film's done. But once, once you watched it completed, fully edited, what was the thing that you said? Man, I did that right. Or... I, I loved that. And it can be the message at the end. 
because that was like the the very last closing scene with the message was like and the music, the music was there. I, I would have to say the thing that I'm most proud about that about the whole film there's one scene that, that we shot and I think I mentioned this and we did the 13 pages in one day the actors like I, I spent so much time with the actors beforehand as and as a director that's my job and they were they were comfortable like I was just I gave them everything that they, they needed to know so you're saying the actors it would be or that yeah. one scene is what you know no, no I would say the actors. okay it's because I I spent a lot of, like I as a director my job is to make the actors as comfortable as they can be. They have to, they have to, otherwise the, they're Well, it's edge. not gonna work. And yeah. they're just gonna leave or they're gonna get pissed off and they're not gonna give me a good performance. And they, they gave me everything. Nothing left out, it's all there. No, I'm proud of, I'm, I'm proud of the performances that I got. Sounds like you got a pretty tight team. Yeah, right. No, it was, it was are, you, are you friends still with all yeah, these people now? Yeah, friends with everybody. Nice. So the new project you're working on? Daughters of the Wolf. Yeah. Yes. When's that coming out? What's what? When can we expect that? Well, doing a TV show is a lot more work than doing a movie. Because it goes on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. What What I'm trying to do is create a franchise, and when I talk franchise, I mean, I want a TV show to go three or four seasons. So I'm, I'm not just talking mm -hmm. one time. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. Like, it's hard. And, and to have a broadcaster say, hey, we're going to give you a million dollars a year to do three or four years. Yeah. And is that what you've got lined up now? I'm working on it. Oh, man. Go get them. But it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. And, it's... and I need to have the actors trust. I need to have the, the producers. Well, I'm a producer, but I mean, like, the, the people that are giving the money, mm -hmm. they need to trust me that this is what's going to happen, and you're going to do good. How, how, how long do you have to work on that? Well, I'd say I got, I got two years to make this happen. Okay. I mean, okay. otherwise, you get stuck in development, and that's mm -hmm. what happens with a lot of TV shows. You're stuck in development, and it's just like, oh, great, I'm in development, I'm in development, but you're not going anywhere. You're just stuck in this loop. Yep. So you've been busy writing then? Yeah. Or is that what you're doing? Yeah. How far in are you, Bill? Uh, I'm pretty, pretty close. For the full three years, or for the first year, or for the first... No, what? we've been working on, fuck, we've been working on that first three years probably three years okay and so you're gonna have three years in the can ready to go yeah you got the entire concept yeah yeah that, start that, to that, finish that was, yes. you know you know how it's starting you know yeah. how it's ending yeah. now we're making peace yeah but the, the trick is to, to do a pilot yeah where everybody is like mm -hmm. it's my favorite show and you guys may not agree with this is the Sopranos and it was like that that is probably next to Rockford Files, which is the best product I've ever seen in my life. Um, that's when you're you're nailed to the gun. And the the studio just goes, You're you're gone. Here's your money. Just go. Because this is so fucking good. And that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. It's hard. I mean to be that good, you have to be really, really good. And I'm working on that. I'm I'm good. I know. <laughs> no, I know I'm good. No, I, I, but there's being really good. Yeah. So do you you reach out to get help to get that really good, oh, or you just keep? Oh, absolutely. I've been working with story writers for probably the last four years. Thanks. Sweet. Yeah. No, I, I'm. You have to be humble. Like I'm good to a point, but there's people that are a lot better than me. But that can help you be the best. Yeah. You oh, pick yeah. the right people. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. No, you pick the right goal. people. Absolutely. I, I mean, I I also agree that I am great, but with him, I wouldn't be half as great. If I didn't, have him, right? 
And I mean that how we joke. But yeah, you have the right people around you. And you just keep building and building yeah. and building and building. Like when I was in Cannes, and I, I seen like the top people, like top, top, top. We're talking Tom Cruise, who's made this film that is probably one of the best films that's been made in a long time. And they had all the money behind it. And it's just like, well, that's where they are. So where, where can I come from mm -hmm. and make some? Yeah. From the little old city of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and everything's possible. Yeah. We are, we are all talented people. How much money do we have? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the key. Well, we really want to thank you for spending the time with us. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you online, where, where you want them. Movie.com and Treaty 6. And 6 is a number. Treaty6.com. Right on. Perfect. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, my friend. Well, thank you. you. You gentlemen are doing something awesome, and I'm proud. I'm proud to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>